0: Like I like I like doing that, going to the uh, Free Music Archive and just putting mm-hmm. in <laughs> the topics that we talked about and finding the best thing. Okay. So so hello. Hello, internet. Uh, you're welcome to the SWS podcast, a a podcast about art and and life, mostly theater and and our lives. Um, I'm Jacob Zimmer, and and I'm here with uh, Vicky Stroich. Hey, I got it right. Um, and and that's yeah. So we talk uh, on a I guess monthly. Last we talked last month. Yeah, we did. Um, about, yeah, about things that are on our minds in, in largely performance areas and, and leadership, I guess.
1: Yes. Yeah. Our two, our, two, our interests. Our interests. Two, our of, interests. Our many, two, two of our are, many yeah. interests.
0: And so surfing and the Chicago Bears might come into that. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if, sorry, I wonder if, uh, part of the reason I've been feeling low lately is that the Bears are very bad mm. this year or have been losing. Oh, and I think that has a disproportionate effect on my mood. But anyways, uh, we might get to that later. That's
1: because that, you care. I well, mean, and, and, I, I care. and I, yeah. sometimes sometimes caring comes with its own burdens.
0: <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. It's, it's true. It's... And it's the thing that, like, I care about that's not the stuff that I actually care about. And so I would prefer it if it were, like, a positive. Right. Like, I... Like if people do bands do badly,
1: Um, like if you were really into a
0: band or music,
1: they they might put out a a bad album or,
0: and do you think fans feel disappointed? The lead singer might
1: be, might say something that's really weird or offensive. So in which case you'd be like, Oh, that's, I thought I knew you, man. Right. Or I liked your last couple albums. What are you, why are you doing?
0: Right. Why did you sell out, man?
1: Jazz now? I don't get it. Not that there's anything wrong with free jazz,
0: <laughs> no. But so but saying. if you were a heavy metal band before, that it would be really surprising.
1: That would yeah. be weird. So I guess sometimes people make like bands or make decisions like that, and people are disappointed.
0: Yeah, I guess. So um, so, so when last we left you, Vicky, you were on your way uh, to to theme parks in California.
1: Yeah, I was on my. Mm. I was in California, and I had um, done my couple of days of surf immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I was headed to um, my nephews, who are twin four and a half year old boys, um, and my family uh, were coming down to California to join me, and we were all going to go to. We went to Disneyland, and the Disney California Theme Park, which is they're right next to one another.
0: What what's the what? Why is why is there a difference?
1: It's interesting. I, 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 I don't quite know. Oh, no, I do kind of. I think I understand better, having been to them. Um, Disneyland is the good old-fashioned Disneyland that's been around since the 50s. And I think at a certain point, because I there's people who uh, go back again and again and again, and I think at some point, I think Disney wanted to just uh, open up the experience also when you acquire as many um, characters and, and narratives as Disney can put out, um, the demand for, say, something about Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. uh, suddenly becomes very apparent. And if you don't have any room for Buzz Lightyear in the stuff you already have, you have to make more room. Um, so they, they've they expanded the sort of concept. And Disneyland, uh, Disneyland is still very classic. California Adventure is meant to sort of Feels like it's meant to celebrate California. Like there's this sort of old Hollywood section right. of it. There's also this like redwood forest, um, you know, splashing down rivers part of it. Um, right. So
0: if you feel like you're missing the natural parts of, of California, they're they're supplying that.
1: They're supplying that in a theme park form, right. and um, and you can also go to you know anyone who knows the Cars movie. You can go to uh, a like a replica of Radiator Springs, the movie in car or the the town in cars. Okay. Um, and go to some spots there and meet the characters who are. Uh, it, uh, it, I could I could probably talk about Disneyland for two or three right. hours. but I won't. But so they they've kind of they've expanded the concept and and I think there was a sort of demand for more, um, and uh, while still keeping some of the classics. So I think that's why they decided to expand. And so the the major difference is that. I feel like the, like cl- all the classics um, of Disneyland are in Disneyland, and then they've sort of opened up slightly different concepts. The other awesome part of the California Adventure is there's this whole pier that's like an old fashioned pier amusement park. It's meant to feel like Coney Island right. or Santa, you know, like the pier at Santa Monica. And there's um, a giant Ferris wheel, and there's an old like. What's right. meant to? What's meant to feel like an old fashioned wood roller coaster, which is it's called California. Calif- it's probably called not wood. It's really not wood, um, but it's it. All of those that sort of trestle system and stuff like that is in it, and it's called California Screamin'. Right. Um, and it's you know, and you can walk along a boardwalk and have cotton candy and that kind of thing. So they've created all these sort of different environments, and that's the thing about Disneyland that I kind of. Uh, still marvel at, is the um, the way that they're able to uh, create uh, an environment. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, a lot of those rides, some of the rides like the, you know, the roller coaster on the Paradise Pier is just a, it's a roller coaster. You get on it, you go around, it goes upside down. Ah!
0: Right, and um, you scream in California.
1: Yeah, but the, yeah, there you go that's the title right there. Um, but the, a lot of the rides are, you know, take you through some narrative, a character Mm -hmm. is going with you, you're meeting other characters, um, you're going, you know, you're having an experience that wouldn't be at a place and say the movie that, but is different than the movie that you saw. The cars, the new, the sort of new hot ride, there is this cars ride based on the, you know, the movie cars and all those characters. And, You get in a car and you're sort of preparing for a race, and you're going through Radiator Springs, and all the characters, all the sort of famous characters, come and talk to you, and you know you you get your wheels redone. Or I mean, spoiler alert. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, everybody. I'm really (laughs) sorry. Okay, just if you were if you're going to Disneyland soon, you haven't been on the Cars ride. Stop listening. Is it a surprise?
0: Like, does it feel like a twist?
1: No, it's just you know there. There's just some nice surprises like right. you can, you get your you get your your wheels done or on another track of it you can you get your a new paint job, and you're preparing for this race and then you race and of course our car won. I think probably every car wins, but I can't tell <laughs> for sure. Um, but even as you're it's standing in line for those rides because some of those rides. I mean we were there at a pretty good time, but some of those rides the the line is two hours. Right Um, for some of those rides.
0: And does that feel, how do they deal, so the thing that I know about Disney theme parks feels Mm -hmm. like knowing I've never been to one, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but that they're, that that, 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 that sort of, how they make the experience is really involved and very cared for from sort of the, urban myth maybe not of of underground tunnels where they take the garbage away so that you never see garbage removal um and just generally that they're they're incredibly well designed
1: experiences oh, yes. they really are and and a lot of it has to do with when you're in line for like this isn't true of all the rides some of the older rides this isn't quite true but when you're in line for a lot of those rides you're you the environment that's created has so many interesting details. Um, that you have a you have things to look at while you're standing and moving ahead through what what are you know essentially cattle shoots right <laughs> um, uh, because they there some of them are very tight and you're going around and, and they also are very careful to you always feel like you're getting somewhere even when you're not going anywhere right. um, you always feel like you're moving ahead and and even the way that the lines curve and stuff like that you don't you don't really know how far you are away right um, so there's no but. You know, for instance, the, that, you know, the Cars Ride is another example. You're sort of, it's all sort of Route 66 themed, and so you're going through what feels like the sort of desert on a highway, but you, you, the shade structures are replicas of, apparently there's this famous Route 66 sort of landmark that is a, a, a structure made out of old oil bottles. And so you get to go through a replica of that, which is kind of an interesting fun fact about... And, right. and it's also kind of cool. And, and it also succeeds in making you not um, get a sunburn or feel too hot. And right. some of them have misters. And, and, you know, even an old school ride like the the Jungle Tour ride, um, you're sort of in, in, in the Adventureland part. You're going through what feels like, um, you know, one of an old... Um, one of those adventure outposts in the jungle, where there's all sorts of bottles and and you know like big bugs, uh, you know sort of somebody collecting bugs on the wall and pinning bugs and stuff like mm-hmm. that and and so you f- you're meant to feel like you're immersed in a in a world and then you can and the other fascinating thing is you get spat out of the jungle and you're in New Nor- in New Orleans you ter- you take a turn and you're in New Orleans right. or you take a turn and you're back in the desert. Um, and that's one of the really fascinating things is that they create an entire world for you, and they try to keep you occupied. Right. Um, and there isn't everything is very it's very clean, um, but it also feels kind of effortless. And the staff were really, I you know they are really quite pleasant. Um, it's it's funny because it, you know you always hear that they're they're called cast members. Right. Yeah. Um. And they're always they are like they i i didn't meet any of them that seemed even remotely ornery at all um and that's kind of that's like really cool so i i have a i had a really good time and i I had a good time because I think they kind of cared about me having a good time and i i kind of let i let it go i let things go like i i let i let go any sort of trying to find the cracks in the scene grapes right. um and you know, being there with four and a half year olds helps. Yeah. Um, and
0: and did they? Uh, they had a good time.
1: They had a great time. They had a great time. It you know, there it's long days because you're trudging around in the sun. Um, but the they had a great time, and they I, and I had a really exciting time. One of the best nights I had there. They 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 kept the park open late one night, which is really interesting. Um, usually the park closes mm-hmm. at around nine. And one night they they kept it open till around eleven, and my brother and I, we put like my brother and I, took the family back to you know, and his his wife uh, went to bed, and the and the boys went to sleep, and my my mom and and my sister in law's mom went to sleep, and my brother and I went back to the park, and went on a few rides we hadn't gone on yet that we remembered from our childhood, right? And it was mainly there weren't any there weren't many kids there at like. 1030 at night um but it but it felt like uh, like all the adults were um, beautifully behaved (laughs) and and everyone was like really kind of excited to be there and and everyone was having a good time which was awesome and a few weeks like about a, a few days later i was in san diego and talking to um a friend's uh a friend's husband who grew up in orange grew up around orange county went to went to disneyland a lot and he said one of his favorite memories of it was they used to do, and he's not sure if they do it anymore, and I'm kind of curious too, I haven't looked this up, they used to do a sort of grad night party hmm. for for kids in their late teens who were graduating, like a prom. Right. And they would open the park for kids who were graduating, and the only requirement was that you dressed up.
0: As, and like, in prom wear or in, in Disney prom, wear? Okay. In
1: prom wear, like, yeah, like in a, you know, wear a nice, wear a tie. Right. Um, and wear a prom dress. And they would keep the they would keep the park open until dawn hmm. for these kids to have a good time. And he he was he went when he was graduating, and he remembered going and and that it was part of the you know part of the point was because everyone was dressed up, everyone was actually on their best behavior, right? Um, and he loved it so much he would go back and chaperone it for a few years in college, right? And hmm. um, and it, it's you know this. Uh, It's a pretty magic experience. And and that was really quite interesting to me. And the other theme parks I went to while I was down there, I mean, I went to Legoland, California, which is in Mm -hmm. Carlsbad.
0: Which is probably doing, like, the Lego movie must have been incredibly helpful mm -hmm. for that theme park, Mm -hmm. or timed with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they've also started, Lego started branding some of their, um, they've got their own television shows. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a series called Legends of Chima, Okay. Uh, which I've heard about from kid friends of mine. Right. So there's also video kids
0: games, kids. lots of video games. Yeah. Like so Lego Star Wars and Lego whatever.
1: Yeah. So they've, they've, I mean, they've built their own brand along with other brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we were there and they've got things that are made in giant in Lego and things that are made in miniature in Lego. And there's uh, there's a water park that's all Legends of Chima themed. Um, and so it was, re- and that was also very fun and, um, and v- very well done, but it, it didn't quite have the, didn't quite have the, the Disneyland sense of creating a whole world. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was really interesting. And I, I will admit, um, and I, and I had mixed feelings about it, I will say, but I went to SeaWorld. Right. I went to SeaWorld for a day. Um, my sister-in-law was super excited about it. Um, my nephews were super excited about it. I was like, oh, God. Um, but we went to SeaWorld. And um, SeaWorld, <laughs> SeaWorld was practically empty the day we went. Um, now, there's a brand that right, is, is doing having, well.
0: Yeah, is having some trouble.
1: It's having some difficulties. And um, the interesting thing there was I there was a really uh, – the sea world doth protest too much um, because there was so much like um, the, the message they were hitting, and it may be that they've hit it the entire time, I don't know right. but I certainly heard it in a different way was them talking about their about their conservation work Right um, and the unique and beautiful relationship that the trainers have with the animals and all those sort of things and it was um, it was really it was interesting it was really interesting to be there, and um, they have rides and stuff like that too, and and everyone's very friendly, and um, but nobody quite does it like Disney, right? Nobody quite does it like Disney, and that's that was interesting to me. And you know, the other thing that I remember pretty clearly about the Disney customer service slash experience was just outside the park. We were walking; it was our first day there, or it was yeah, the first day there, and we hadn't been in yet and we were walking towards the gate and we didn't quite know where the gate was. Cause there's it's such a huge, there's like those compounds are huge. Mm-hmm. And, um, this lovely young woman who was st- standing next to us walking down the street was like, um, we were like, where is the gate exactly? And she said, Oh, it's just down the next block. And we were like, Oh, thanks. And, um, and she said, no problem. And then like about an hour and a half later, we were eating, uh, we were eating our dinner at Flo's V8 Cafe in Radiator Springs, right, um, which you know any Cars fan will know about Flo's V8 Cafe, um, and the the uh, this yeah, here's this young woman who's dressed up as a bell as as a sort of um, a car hop, right, and um, she's she's working. It's the same woman we saw outside, and she was like, "Hey, how are you guys? It was nice. It's nice to see you again." And we were right. like, "Hey," and I thought to myself. Yeah, I can't even imagine how many people you see every day. Um, and my nephews, who are my nephews and my sister in law, started dancing because my nephews are pretty into 50s and 60s music, which of course Flo's V8 Cafe is meant to sort of have that theme. My nephews just started dancing. Um, they're very free. Um, they, they started dancing, and, uh, and this, this girl whose name was Carolyn, I remember her name from her name tag. Right. Carolyn came up and was like, you guys are the you guys are the most awesome people I've met today, and she said, "Here's some buttons." And it was like honorary honorary citizen of Disneyland. We all got on <laughs> like we got honorary citizen of Disneyland, and and you could tell that she's like not everyone had those. Like when right. you walk around the park, not everyone has them. Like a lot of people have different badges and stuff like that, but not everyone has them. And um, and I was just uh, it, sh- she made us feel special. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't need to, but I I could kind of tell that that was the first interaction we had with staff there and that interaction continued and i it was really interesting to me i guess it's the happiest place on earth so <laughs> i i guess everybody's happy there but it's hard to believe that because i you know i mean the world is full of unhappiness um so i i struggled with, with like wow and i but i also just was like okay i'm i'm buying it i'm going to buy right.
0: it i not gonna, um, i'm not going to find the
1: no, I, the, I don't. I don't really want to even
0: look. The sadness behind Carolyn's eyes.
1: Yeah, because she she was just fine, um, you know. In, but in Sea World, it was a lot easier. To, and maybe that's because of my <laughs> because of what I brought into Sea World that I was like looking for the cracks and going, "Oh, oh my god, look at that!" Right. Um, and it's not that it's not that it was a horrible experience. It's just that I, I you know, what what one brings in there and the sort of difficulty of of zoos and marine animals and in captivity depends on what your feeling is about it. So it was all of those, all of those things made me think about, you know, the, the way that we, the way that we welcome people in and create an mm-hmm. experience and, and, um, and how every piece of it, uh, every piece of it, including, I guess, what people know about you walking in or what people expect, yeah. uh, is, is a huge part of creating the experience, which is what we're doing in the theater, Um, so that was fascinating. And I, and I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what the application is, you know, you know, I don't know if I, if at ATP, maybe we'll get buttons that say honorary citizen of ATP. Um, but I don't think that that'll quite be that, but, but what is that? What is that experience and how to create it?
0: Well, and what's the, like, you know, that line, it sounds like lines are sort of part of the ride. Like Mm -hmm. Disney knows people have to line up. Um mm-hmm. so we have to make that we can't, you know, think yeah. like, oh, the the experience is the thing that happens once they sit down in the cart or whatever.
1: Yeah. And you know what else is interesting? Okay, one more thing yeah. about Disneyland. They have this fast pass system. Mm-hmm. Because there's some rides that are very popular. A lot most of the rides actually are actually very popular. Um there's not a lot of duds there. Um but some of the rides that they get the biggest lineups for you can go and get a fast pass, which allows you to sort of skirt past the line within an hour. Like, so you get like, say, your fast pass for um, the Thunder Mountain Railroad ride is between one thirty and two thirty. So if you come back with that pass between one thirty and two thirty, you get to go sort of to the front of the line and, and get ahead of the people who are in what they call the standby line, which is you know just the line basically, right. um, and what's interesting is i assumed when we walked into the park that you had to pay for that clearly you would have to you would have to pay for that privilege you don't Hmm. you don't have to pay for it you just have to be there if you want it you you ask for it they give away a certain amount for each of those hour chunks and after that it goes the next hour the next hour and some people use them and some people don't so it it doesn't even mean that everyone's gonna come like so hmm. but I immediately assumed, oh well they would
0: they would charge they, for that. they would
1: make you pay for that right um but they didn't, and that was a surprise to me too, hmm.
0: yeah, I mean, there's something i mean both in the sort of inclusiveness of the experience but also the um you know to use the lingo, like the empowerment of staff to make you feel more special, right? Like they, you know, I don't know what the equivalent is either, especially at my scale, Uh, but at ATP, like, you know, if there are better seats than a person has that haven't been sold yet, can they be moved to the, like, it's the, it's that, it's that you felt like Carolyn was being specially nice to you. And that's nice. And, yeah Yeah. and so the the way that you know they clearly have some mechanism of like oh you have four of these to give out in the day and
1: Mm -hmm. and since i've been back there's been a couple of interesting things at at atp and one of them is um one of them is so i i shadowed our front of house manager last night on uh last night was halloween just to put it in context for everybody (laughs) because because i may say and those people who were in the costumes that's right
0: that's why um I and spent was, just on a side note. I spent all of yesterday thinking that it was the thirtieth, and so I was like, "Wow, people are really making a go of it, like as a two-day Halloween." And oh, I guess kids, like I guess the kids are doing the trick or treating on the Friday because Saturday is
1: less trick or treat. Less, uh,
0: yeah. And so I was, yeah, I was not thinking particularly clearly about it, obviously. But yeah. So today, when I woke up and it was the first, I was a little you confused. Were like, Oh! <laughs> oh, I missed Halloween. Like I, I, I did miss a, a show that I would have gone to.
1: Well, you know what that means, though, Jacob. The good news is all the candy's half price right now.
0: It's true. I know. So
1: that's the that's the windfall that you can have.
0: Yeah. Um, so, anyways, you you were you I were shadow, last yeah. night, which was that Halloween. Was my, you were shadowing.
1: Yeah, my and so and it was interesting to be there because I, there was a couple things. Um, There was a couple who, um, he had limited mobility, and they came up to me, uh, and I'm not the front of house manager, um, but, uh, you know, I've I've also, there was a day when I I had the whole staff at a staff meeting learn how to seat people, um, because we all realized that, I realized that, you know, I've been with the company for 13 years, over 13 years, and um, I didn't know how our seats worked. I, I you have no idea how much time I've spent in that theater. Mm-hmm. But if somebody showed me their ticket, I'd be like, ah, I know the orchestra is right there, and <laughs> your mezzanine tickets, kind of the boxes are here. But which, which way the seats went? But so I, I've learned a lot, and it's made me feel really empowered when I'm in the lobby. Right. Like I, I will actively mm-hmm. go up to people who look confused. But this couple who the gentleman had limited limited mobility, and they were in a box and they couldn't see. Uh, and you know, I offered them. The seat, the the seats that we have for folks who have limited mobility, and we keep those seats available. Um, but they weren't they weren't into it. <laughs> they right. wanted they wanted the these really fancy seats that we have. And I was like, you know, I, I went and asked the front of house manager, and sure enough, we hadn't sold two of them, so we moved them to the front. But I, I think we we all felt I felt you know empowered to to go ahead and do that, and so did our front of house manager, which was great. And the other thing that I discovered last night was that our, our head usher at ATP, Andrea, has been with it. Well, I know, I know this part about Andrea, but right. she's been with the company for 25 years. Wow. And she's the person who rips the tickets when people come in. Mm-hmm. So our subscribers know her. Mm-hmm. Like they bring her birthday presents, things right. like that, wow. which I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know to the extent of it. And I found out last night that Andrea, for as long as anyone can remember out of her own pocket, and this was something I was like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea about this, goes and buys Halloween candy, and she dresses up every Halloween, because we usually have a show on Halloween, and she gives candy away to every audience member on their way out Mm -hmm. on Halloween, just out of her own desire to do it. And I just, I was, like, kind of amazed, and I also felt a bit like, oh, man, like... I, I don't know why 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 we didn't think about that. <laughs> like and, and and like, oh my god, I can't believe I can't believe Andrea who's our who's our usher is paying for candy for our audience. And and I, I felt kind of like, oh my god, well I mean we could we could buy some chocolate bars for God's sake. Um and, and I just felt all these weird things, but I also kind of was like, that is that is an awesome impulse. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of her for that. Like I'm so proud of that. Um and I, I, I just keep thinking about, you know, what other things, what, what other things or what other impulses are people having to make a, create a closer, more valued relationship between the people who come to our theater and, and the work and just the sense of the theater. And it's really exciting. There's another woman that I, I also had a, a conversation with a subscriber of ours who um started tweeting after seeing the show that we're running right now, which is closing tonight, Butcher by Nicholas Bion. And she, she was tweeting, and, and then she, we had some email exchanges. She really loved the show, and she really loves the company, but she, she really is disappointed in other audience members. <laughs> and she was so disappointed in the rudeness of the other audience members right. that she started talking about never coming back to the theater. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like right. and i we were like oh my god uh no you should continue. So coming
0: it's like they were taking cell phones
1: cell, cell phones right. go, or cell phones glowing um people just talking people talking right in the audience um she and she goes to other theater companies and she says i know it's not the theater's fault but i just can't i just don't want to go anymore um and i so she and i had a really good con she and i had a good conversation on the phone and we you know, essentially she, she, I think needed to really feel listened to. Uh, And also, you know, and, and she knows that there's only so much that we can do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, but we invited her back to see the show a second time. Um, and she came back and saw the show and she enjoyed it much more. Um, but the, the funny thing is she, she happened to come on a night and, and fortunately it was nowhere near her. Where but where where there was a patron who was who was so intoxicated
0: <laughs> oh,
1: no. that that she had to be sort of taken out of the theater. So this this subscriber was you know tweeted me and, and sent me a note and said um, thank you so much for inviting me back. I had a, a much better experience the second time. I can't say the same for the people in the front of the orchestra because there were some really really ill behaved patrons <laughs> down there. And I was I was like yeah <laughs> so. <laughs> It was and that was an interesting thing too about somebody talking about their experience and me kind of not knowing quite what to do about making that experience better because um, if we could if we could just if we could just do the show for that subscriber I guess we might just do a special show for her but
0: it's
1: also not the point but right, it's right. yeah
0: so not those are have, some have
1: of the some of the things that have you know even in the last few weeks I think about Oh yeah, the ex- the experience and and what I can control and what we can't control, and what what impulses to follow, and and it's been pretty fascinating to to think about that through the lens of um, the experience of being somewhere else and having a good time or expecting an experience somewhere and, and it being met or exceeded or not met.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, is there, is weird, there a weird echo on me for you? Oh, maybe it's gone away. Okay, it's gone away. I was having a weird echo. Um, Yeah, uh, Sky Gilbert just wrote a blog post, which he does every once in a while, um, that was, like, basically, was him raging at the audience at uh, the Princess of Wales. He went to see... Uh, some show at mervish um that he really liked, and he was like i can't believe I'm saying this, but thank you, david Mirvish. Uh mm-hmm. and but that the audience was like walking out and not having a good time and because it wasn't a musical like it's a straight our country's good is that
1: oh yeah, yeah, is that a
0: show that exists uh and and so he was he was railing against his fellow audience members. Uh, made me think of that yeah, yeah it's a it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing about that you know because everyone's there for their different reasons mm-hmm. um,
1: and as and people are, are are less and less required to sit in rooms with other people right or or it's more and more culturally accepted everywhere um, whether it should be or not, we could just delete like that. I guess mm-hmm. um, that might be a matter of personal opinion. Uh, whether that it's less and less expected that your full attention is there. Yeah. Um, you know the the guy next. I was in a class at the beginning of this past week, and um, it was a you know class full of you know ex- executive type folks, and um, I I think I'm the I may be one of the only people who. No, it's not quite true. There was a few of us who didn't take our phones out during the meeting or have something that pulled us away during what is which was, what was essentially a seven-hour classroom day that we had all, you know, in theory set aside. And I think there's nothing, you know, and, and again, like, nobody was, the instructors weren't calling the people on, like, excuse me, are you listening? Because right. you kind of can't. Um, and so it's, it, the the gap between people who want to be fully immersed and the people who don't want to be fully or just don't even understand what that means. Um, And we need, you know, we kind of, we kind of need to reach out to new people. So and new people won't always understand what the experience will require or will they, Or, or are they just being, you know, rude or willfully rude? I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't, I don't buy that everybody, everybody who doesn't turn their cell phone off or looks at their text is, is, you know, actively being an asshole.
0: Yeah, I don't. Which
1: they are. I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're actively. I mean, I think it is that they're so used to doing it everywhere in their life that it mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't register as a problem. And
1: like, if belching suddenly helped us communicate.
0: If belching.
1: Yeah. Blah. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was how we communicated and it was rude before, you know, people would probably still belch in the middle of in the middle of a meeting because that's how we communicate. Just, it's a sort of weird, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm... I, <laughs> <the weirdest laughs> I,
0: I'm, I, I'm having a oh, little yeah, trouble with right? the metaphor, but...
1: Um, I guess some people, some people, some people don't, you know, some people may or may not think that something's a sort of natural function of being in the world.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's the you know if cell phones are the new candy wrappers right if we want uh, to turn it back on turn it back on the old people because it's that's mm -hmm. how it's so often framed Mm -hmm. um that the you know or whatever the thing is that you're doing that doesn't seem like a big deal to you because you're in control of it right like that's part of i feel like that's part of it is that if i'm looking at my cell phone it's fine i i'm just gonna look at it for a second but the person next to me doesn't know that or you know the it's a sort of empathy a question of empathy for everybody else and an understanding of of your position from like what you're doing from other people's perspective so that that the sound of uh unwrapping a candy doesn't sound like that much when you're doing it but if you're not the one doing it it's sort of worse like there's something weird about that Dissonance between, yeah, between what what you're doing and it's you know it's whatever playing a musical instrument and you're like oh I'm not annoying anyone and you're like yes yes you are. <laughs>
1: yeah. like, and this this subscriber clearly quite comfortable with her phone because she tw- she's a tweet she tw- she right. tweeted us about it. that's how we found out. <laughs> right. And that it's 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 interesting. I, I mean, what for you? I mean, what what is. What do you consider when you're trying to create the experience for the audience? Or, uh, you know, or or even... Um,
0: I mean, front of house stuff is a big part of it. I've, you know, I've been, you know, one to say that, like, the approach that you guys are taking sounds better than, you know, another regional that I have worked as a technician at, which, while I was there, recategorized their ushers as unskilled labor so they could pay them below minimum wage, Mm. which wasn't great for morale. Um, hmm. probably did not lead to to uh, Halloween candy moments. No. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard because I don't have a venue. And so part well, so of...
1: Control is not always Yeah, there, so I have much there. less
0: control. And I think that's part of why I've been in bars for the last bunch of years. Um, bars and Buddies, right? That I think Buddies is one of the places that at least that staff contact is... Uh, is good, is non-bureaucratic, which is something I want. (laughs) Like, I don't want my audience to feel like they've gone through a bureaucratic process to arrive Mm. with the show. Uh, And, and so I want them. So I want it to be pretty friendly. Um, I've, I've certainly, when we've rented in other venues or been presented in other venues, uh, or uh, companies I've worked with have i'm i'm uh, I'll often have a little meeting with the front of house before the weekend and mm. sort of say like we really want to err on the side of letting people do what they want <laughs> like I don't if you know don't catch track someone down to tell them that there's no intermission um to, you know like the or the to tell them the rules like be looser about that, and we will deal with the if if people are ruder or don't know that there's no intermission, we will deal with that rather than sort of have this sort of long speech of the rules Mm. at the moment of ticket exchange. Uh, I think doing, I went to see uh, the art of building a bunker last night. Oh um, yeah. Adam Lazarus and Guillermo's show, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, just off the top at about um, I would assume the two-minute call or something. There's just uh, you know in the sound score suddenly Adam's voice just goes turn your fucking phones off. <laughs> and because it you know is this show that we're all expecting to be unsensitive, right? It's a it was a great moment. Like it was how to do that request in the show with also also not feeling because I I go, go back and forth right where I don't I don't want you know, I don't want front of house to have to wear costumes. I don't want Mm -hmm. that sort of, Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: end of it either. Like it's, Mm. it's, it is a different space. It's, you know, the lineup is not the ride, but the lineup is part of the experience of the ride. Yeah. And, and trying to find that difference. So, you know, there's lots of, we, you know, I have a tendency that's mostly for myself of, that there's often something before the show that's not the show that eases both us as performers and maybe it's just me. Um, and, and the audience eases them into, to the whatever relationship we want to create. So with dedicated, that was, we played Jenga, right? So when the audience comes in, um, we're there playing Jenga and that's, you know, it's clearly not the show yet. And we're talking to them yeah. with fun palace. I'm sort of on the mic every once in a while, updating people on when we're going to start. You know, I usually have some sort of soft start to the show Mm -hmm. Uh, because I like, because I want to take that time. I think there is an acclimatization time and I would rather that be part of the show uh, than, or part of what I th- had to think about as a director and creator rather yeah. than it being something that either, you know, especially as someone, as a renter, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's really, it really is a block for me in, at least in terms of my desire right now, my desire, like my desire to be in one of the, you know, legitimate theaters is really at this point hampered by not only cost, but, but also by the sort of experience that people will have, and I don't. I yeah. don't think it's. I know that I'm paying for that experience as a renter, uh, and I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I'm like I if I if I'm paying sure it's like I, I'll bring my own, and and if I'm paying a service fee on a ticketing system, I'll I'll use one that you can use on your phone. Uh, you know, like all of those sorts of things are are outside of my control so often that I think that's a lot. Like, I think that is part of beyond the money, part of why the storefront theaters pop up, you know, Toronto right now, there's a lot of those other spaces now. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, I think a large part of it is because people want to have a bit more control over, over the experience. And when you're a rental company, you don't you j- you have to sort of deal with the uh, the rules and regulations of of the company you're coming into
1: yeah atp has a a, signi- a significant portion we have a we have paid a we have paid staff yeah but a lot of our a lot of our front of house um, folks who work on an you know evening by evening mm-hmm. basis are different volunteers right and so how you c- you know so within that even how when we think about adapting the experience from show to show, mm-hmm. which is something we're kind of interested in. I mean, one of the things, one of the things that we realized is um, that uh, there was a, you know, there's persisting myths that sudden, there's persisting perceptions that suddenly turn into rules. Mm-hmm. And coming out of the Playwrights Festival, the Enbridge Playwrights Festival, which we had for quite a long time, where we would sometimes have, we would have to turn over a set um, nightly because it was in wrap. Somewhere along the way, we all got the idea that we needed to, um, anyone who was sitting in the theater and not leaving right away, Mm -hmm. either because they were talking about the show or they were overcome with emotion or they were just chatting with their friend about what are you doing tomorrow, we would, you know, the the... Usher staff because because of the demands of the festival would have to go through and say uh, um, you may be more comfortable in the lobby with your conversation right <laughs> um, because we were like well, we need to pleasantly move you along um, and what we realized was you know that that was persisting and people it, particularly with Butcher by Nicolas Bion the the show is quite intense and there a lot of people are having very emotional reactions. And in one of, you know, we realized even before Butcher, but that this practice of moving people along, um, we don't need to. They're not, unless they're, if they're going to stay for two hours, it's problematic. Mm-hmm. But, but the reality is if people need a moment, they can take it. And that the needs of the audience um, and actually the demands of the show <laughs> and what effect it has on an audience... Uh, should be able to allow us to adapt but we we put the rules in like ru- rules become a part of it because we have to articulate that to we don't have to articulate that to the to the you know i think we have about 12 or 15 shift the shifted um ushers staff right we have to communicate it to hundreds of volunteers over the course of a year and so how you <laughs> How you how you make things cl- clear to people? How you adapt to things when there's a when there's a larger sort of structure at work? Because mm-hmm. I think you know from an artistic perspective and even from an organizational perspective, which is the way I look at it now. Yeah, I'd I'd love for there to be different experiences at each show, and each show has you know right now we have um, we're selling Nicholas's books and there's no intermission, um, so we want there to be a, uh, somebody at the end who can actually sell the yeah. sell the book, but that's something that isn't usual for the kind of experience that we're used to setting up and so you know changing changing the circumstances in within an institution uh, is really hard for mm-hmm. people and it's hard to you know it, it the burden is on you to, to articulate it um, and and that's one of the other reasons why I was excited to sort of shadow front of house because I was like okay so what needs to be communicated before and and how you know how do how do volunteers, receive that information. That was, that's a huge part of it too.
0: Yeah. I know I do front of house stuff for TIFF here. um, And basically what my job is, is training the volunteers who come, you know, anywhere from sort of on opening weekend, we have like five per theater to closing weekend where like one or two is exciting Um, (laughs) because (laughs) the incentive to volunteer decreases as the festival goes on. Yeah. Uh but it is trying to te- you know get what's the quick thing to to tell them cuz you know especially if I'm working the days where there's totally different rules actually than any other TIFF film, right? We don't these are the the press and industry screenings, so like people will be on their laptops. During the film, and people will come and go, and that's all fine and And so, what we have to tell the volunteer like is don't chase those people down like it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: in in part because and I see this at you know the theaters is that the the usher going to like tell someone not to use their phone again is a much larger disturbance to me than the phone was
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and also creates a a feeling of being policed, right? Of of, of that sort of surveillance, which I, I mean, I remember complaining about. The Canadian stage for a while was like talking about taking pictures being prohibited by law. Thank you, enjoy the show. Mm. And it, you know, one, that's a whole question that I could, like I think, uh, doing the summer show where people were taking pictures with cell phones, and that was like delightful, and just felt like oh we 're part of the world now, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is what people do. they have experiences, and they take pictures of it um, yeah.
1: well, and prohibited by law, I, I, even the phrasing of that is so policed
0: yeah, and it 's just to- like i don't don't threaten me with arrest before
1: yeah, I think you know the the you know the the res- the respect for the image of the you know i mean the designer's design and all that sort of stuff. Like I, there's, there's a, there's an, there's a thin line in terms of like actually taking like the, the, like photography and recording in terms of copyright and and all that sort of stuff. It's, but it's also kind of, how do you strike that balance? How do you strike that balance? And, and for me, you know, it's, it's, um, a pleasant reminder about how much everyone around you would appreciate, uh, appreciate it if you if you um turned off your turned off your phone yeah and that's that's the way that i phrase it when i get up and do those chats before the show um it's not like use of your cell phone is strictly prohibited
0: yeah um no it's it i think i think the you know the, the soft governmentality version hmm. is better which is the like you don't like it when somebody beside you uses their phone so and like and won't you be embarrassed when your phone rings yeah.
1: Uh here's an invitation to participate yeah. in this group activity we will all be enjoying this evening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and it's, you know, it's a and people are going to forget and you know I don't. Of course. And I think it's one of those things of you know uh, the picture stuff and copyright just to say my, you know, the issue for me is is obscurity. It's not theft, right? Like I don't <laughs> my problem is not that people are stealing my work. Um my problem is that nobody knows about it. Uh, And so I'm, I'm pretty happy if people are sharing.
1: I appreciate that, that in, in, you know, that in different cases, you know, because the particular company that I, that I work Mm -hmm. for, we're signatories to several agreements, right. With artists and and the, and the use of photography and how photography is used is actively being discussed because it needs to be because of that, because of, you know, because of obscurity.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's, and because, (laughs) and and because photographs have changed.
1: Yes.
0: In the past, like seven years, photographs, the act of taking a photo is a very different thing than it used to be.
1: It is an extremely democratic medium now.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's not someone with a 35 millimeter, Mm -mm. you know, it's an Instagram picture and it's, yeah, it's uh, there's there's a good conversation on on Spark on the CBC show uh, that I just just listened to the podcast of that. Two different people with sort of a bit different takes on on both having one guy who uh, a piece of street art of his sort of went viral, but included like other people writing different slogans on it, like it and and putting new filters on it. And, and one woman who uh, wrote a poem sort of in the voice of Frida Kahlo, uh, and and then there's a line of it that keeps getting quoted, and in well, fact Frida quoted Kahlo. to Frida Kahlo, um, <laughs> and all of this stuff, and so and she's been much more sort of trying to, you know, track down instances, and and note them, and, and he, and potentially, and in the in, interview that came out that was interesting is like he uh yeah he was like i'm i do street art like it always gets time degrades it people tag over it city officials come and paint over it Uh like his his feelings around how his work changes and how other people make use of his work was very different than and the poets and that was it's a it's an interesting conversation because i think it is this big unknown and and that question of how do you deal with the subscriber who wants none of that and then the kids who you know if you don't have tweet seats you're just not cool mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't want to use my phone at all during a good show um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know and that's the other way i think you you know try to deal with it I mean it's 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 a trite answer in some ways to say you know just make a show that's so good that people aren't going to
1: well and increasingly we ask people you know check us out on twitter hashtag yeah. here's the hashtag and so you know how you know and then we then we say but turn off your phone please yeah
0: um yeah.
1: and so we, we've acknowledged that sometimes by going uh turn off your phone please turn off your phone or whatever like, we don't quite yeah. say it as bluntly as that but you know, phrasing that is kind. Um, turn off your phone, but the minute this show's over, turn it right back on, and like, yeah. because it, it's you know the, the push and pull of acknowledging that we we do want you to talk about this because of the obscurity issue, yeah, and um, and uh, but also but not during the show, please. Um, and, and I think you know some people get that, and some some people you know I think everybody gets that, but it, it's it's also this you know as we start to try to use that technology to our advantage we also have to understand that it that you know the whole that it's also going to be there um, mm-hmm. and so how do we that's a, like how do we not make that a mixed message or how do we make that a clear message about the value of it um, but that the, the distraction of it is not a value but the use right. of it is the value or whatever we're trying to communicate yeah so and and that's it you know that's a huge part of the experience because that you know, like we, I just talked about you know creating the experience. We talked about the experience, like the experience of like what you know going in about the show. Mm-hmm. But increasingly, you know, people are more able to talk more widely about their about the experience after the show and how the experience lives on after they leave. Um, we have more document of that than we've ever had. People used to leave our shows and go to their homes, right. And they probably talked to somebody about it, or maybe they didn't. Um, but now we can capture a lot, actually, about that experience and how that ex- the experience of that show keeps living. Right. And in the same way that a th- you know thirty five millimeter camera um, is no longer the the essence of photography, you know the the sort of public record of the show. Is much broader mm-hmm. than um, than the article that was written about the show, and um, and what we draw on to try to create interest in the show is much broader as well, or how we record the audience's reaction to it. So, yeah it's it's a it's a part of the it's a part of the larger experience, the mm-hmm. audience experience, that the the the, um, the experience of of being there, and you know, I. You know, I was, you know, if I had, I had a soup, I, I took a photo of myself with my, with the mermaid Mickey Mouse ears that I got. Right, yeah. Um. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to begrudge anyone from, I don't want them to, you know, if they, they should be paying attention to the show. But if, if afterwards, you know, they take a photo of the set or an intermission and they're like, look where I am. Or the, right. you know, lo- the way people sometimes get to, you know, express it because they really want to take an Instagram photo is um they take a f- photo of the cover of the of the brochure of the program, program right or something like that and i kind of go awesome yeah, um, and s- yeah so how do we how do we embrace that as a part of the experience while still sort of respecting that some people want to have a, an experience that is without that and and i don't know i don't know we'll see
0: yeah i think it's a, i mean i know when i was at caravan this summer doing front of house they we just knew, like people would start to sort of take a picture by the box office, um, right. which was sort of is 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 lovely. It's a it's yeah. a great box office, but like there's a there's a wagon inside, <laughs> and we are really like you know this isn't where you want to take a picture. Like you want to like there's <laughs> but it, the wagon is sort of there. I mean, in part, I think to you know remember those days, but also just because it's a good place to take pictures beside. Is well and i
1: mean we could spend we could spend a whole other you know i think we could spend a whole a whole podcast talking about the experience of the caravan farm Yeah, theater. absolutely
0: because that's and, whole, that's,
1: a, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a that is a an experience that is both carefully controlled and because of the but also because of the natural environment a a whole other level of experience
0: yeah and and to say where it's a company that has Probably, in its best moments, the experience of the like the experience of the audience is not separated from the creation of the show
1: uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: um so you know that's that's a thing that you know i hear <laughs> I hear Richard Rose in my head going like, "Oh, this is not what I do like this, you know I don't make disneyland um." Or, or whoever <laughs> not just Richard other people also w- saying like we're not Disneyland like Disneyland is a is a gross capitalist thing and all of the, all of those good things um and we are trying to be something different than that
1: sure but to, but I'm, I'm but to the to to the average person who is going and you know what this is the let's talk about the word entertainment
0: for mm-hmm. a second sure
1: because uh, you know I had a I had a moment with the word entertainment yeah um in the last couple of years where i we had a, a brand specialist which i i even had a difficulty yeah. with that at first yeah and she said um she said something about she brought up the word entertaining in an interview with me and i said i made a face i made a face yeah and she went what what's going on and i said i just don't like that word i don't like that word and, um, and she said, well, can you talk to me about why you don't like that word or, or you know, and, and why, you know, cause I think I, I may have said something about how it doesn't really, doesn't really apply to what we do at ATP. Right. Um, and she, she, you know, she said, well, can you talk to me a bit about, more about that? And I said, well, because, you know, and then very quickly I started to realize if I actually look, actually look at the word, like the definition of the word entertain, um, it doesn't mean frivolous. Right. <laughs> doesn't mean insubstantial it means something that is engaging right something that like to entertain is not to pull the wool over eyes right or to um to um live in a happy world devoid of of any conflict Uh, but there's a difference between
0: entertainment and escapism
1: yeah so but but the connotation on the word entertain is escapism yeah and and i you know when somebody when yeah you know what Maybe I don't know. Maybe no one goes to the Tarragon to be entertained, uh, which I would be really sad about. Actually, that would I'm sorry for the Tarragon if that's the case. I f- but I feel like some people don't know. Like and and again, like I guess if we're going to reach out to people who don't know they know theater yet, um, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: and most good shows are entertaining, even if they're hard. Yep. So you know the reality is. Yeah, Disneyland, they've got way more money than any not-for-profit theatre company in Canada oh, really? that I'm aware of. <laughs> that I'm aware, You know what? I haven't looked at their books. So <laughs> I, I should not make assumptions.
0: No, but, but I feel like that's when we can go I mean, out yeah, on a bit of that limb. A bit of that limb.
1: They have way more money than any not-for-profit company. But I think the average person um, thinks about going to do something that they want to do, and there's a there there is enough room, and I can say this: there is enough room for Disneyland and the Tarragon Theater, and I you know again I don't want to pick on the Tarragon. Um, there's enough room for Disneyland and Alberta theater projects um, in someone's scope of imagination in terms of what they want to do with their time, and that's what's important, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's how people are like that's how people are defined. And again, entertainment comes in a broad range of forms, and I, I don't Disneyland and ATP are not the same yeah, and uh, nor you know our mission is not Disneyland's mission, but people people leave their homes to do something um, because they want narrative or they want an experience, and that's where those things overlap, and that's where those things overlap, and that's that's the beauty of you know. Coming out, of, coming out of your home and, and being in another place with other people and wanting to engage the imagination, quite frankly. And so, yeah, no, by no means are Disneyland and ATV the same thing. However, they may serve similar overlapping, somewhat overlapping purposes in people's lives. Um, and that's, that's all right. Yeah. And, and so we can learn from each other, quite frankly
0: and so, that, that making good good lines doesn't mean making worse rides right like it's mm-hmm. that we that we give a show the the ex pre and post show experience that it wants
1: a great show where everyone's rude to you when you come in and out is not a great show yeah
0: and it's not going to be understood as a great show like it's but not when you, yeah
1: when you can't find parking or you you don't know how to find it Mm, that affects your experience of what's on stage.
0: And I think, think. yeah, I think it totally does. And I think it's, it's hard and weird. I mean, I'm, we're doing, it's hard and weird because as artists, we don't always get control over those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly don't get, you know, it's not what we're taught in school is, Mm -hmm. is to think about those kinds of things. And, and so there's a sense, you know, as we're t- we're touring a show, and and somebody said, "Oh, this is great! You don't have to think about all the producing stuff; you can just think about the art." And yeah. for me, that those aren't separate, and no, you know, maybe that. maybe to my, you know, I think the ways in which I'm and independent in that sense is is <laughs> might be to my detriment in other ways, but but they aren't separate for me the the thinking about how audience experiences the work i mean of course i can't know like of course i can't we can't ju- you know we can't give a perfect experience both to the drunk lady who probably just wants to either be at home watching sons of anarchy or i don't know why i picked that um or or at a bar getting more drunk probably doesn't want to be at a show um, and, and your returning patron mm-hmm. um, it's hard to give them both the experience that they want. Uh, but, but we can think about what's more likely to, to provide more people with the context to watch the show yeah, um, and to be happy that they left their house, right? Like that's, if it is just this thing about, did you leave your house yes are you glad you left your house yes uh fantastic
1: i'm not certain i'm not certain that any of us have the. i mean that i I think increasingly we won't have the luxury anymore of not having to think about that um i think that increasingly you know all of us have to be engaged in thinking about that um in in the, the continuation of of the, you know, the sh- the show and the whole, the experience around mm-hmm. it. And, you know, maybe the actors don't have to, but, but increase, you know, like if there's, if there's a talk back, they certainly get a sense yep. of what the experience has been. Yep. Um, and people are, especially if people are leaving their homes, they're looking for specialized experience. So increasingly they're, they're looking to learn more or have some one-on-one time with somebody who's going to talk to them about something like, um, and so i'm i'm not certain that that you know if we still have that luxury i'm not certain how long we will of separating separating the ex- the experience from the art um if we ever had it
0: right um uh, uh we're we're probably running long on this mm-hmm. on this one um and there's but there's more there's more that we could talk about in it um sixty topic but uh and, and maybe we'll come off to it, but maybe we should we should sign off for this it's episode of the SWS podcast. Uh, you, 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 the the listening audience, uh, can enhance your experience of this of this show uh, by going to to Small Wooden Shoe or to the Spider Web Show. Uh, either one of those websites, you can find uh, show notes. We'll probably put some links into uh, some of the shows that we've talked about or, or some of the things we've talked about.
1: Like Disneyland.
0: Like Disneyland, in case, in case you don't know how the Google works, <laughs> uh, and and so those will be those will be dot org and and go through to podcasts and SWS or the the Spider Web Show and ca and go through to experiments because that's what this is um, and and we will be back in. Three weeks ish, um, yeah. For another one, thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Jacob. Great to chat.
1: Likewise, as always.
0: The music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>